Welcome to our first ever Data Over Drinks podcast. I'm Rachel Bicking, the Chief Data and Analytics Officer here at CX Loyalty, and I'm excited to present to you this new venue to ask questions and talk about some of the insights that we're finding in the data that we have across our entire loyalty ecosystem. For our first podcast, we have with us today Emily Richardson, a very special guest from my team, to talk a little bit about post-COVID, pre-COVID and inside of COVID travel trends. Glad to have you, Emily. Thanks, Rachel. I'm a senior customer analyst here at CX Loyalty, and I work primarily within our travel redemption data, which is super exciting because I'm very passionate about traveling myself. Fun fact is that I am an avid snowboarder, and every winter pre-COVID, I take at least three or four trips out west to hit the mountains and the slopes. Yeah, you are always on the road. And, you know, part of the benefit, I think, of of working within the travel industry as well is you always get to explore the hot new places before they come hot. So that, that's part of the reason I'm an avid subscriber to your Instagram. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Not much travel content these days, but hopefully it'll pick back up soon. Well, actually, untrue, Emily. You have been traveling, but in a way, I think that's consistent with our travelers, which is regional travel. Yeah, exactly. Good point. I always forget about that because I always assume that traveling is getting on an airplane and going somewhere. But my behavior does really match what we're seeing with our online digital search experiences. Um, Interesting enough, flight used to represent a large percent of all of our um, searches that customers are conducting on the website. And since post-COVID or in COVID that we're defining, So May, June, July, August, we've seen a significant shift from customers searching for flights to hotel bookings and car searches, which totally aligns with what I'm talking about because I have stayed in a hotel and I am booking and opting for more of a local hotel destination. No, it makes total sense. And I think we've all seen the trends because they've been talked about, you know, across the industry and, and even at just a higher financial level that that flights are so so far down, um, which hopefully will come back as as there's more safety security. And I, I know that people are feeling more comfortable with traveling um, overarchingly, but hopefully, you know, this trend of hotels is predictive of the confidence to come back in travel overarchingly. Now, now with some of this hotel data and the searches that you're seeing come up, has anything else about that that search or, or that destination changed? What else are you seeing? From a search perspective, it's really interesting because we can track to see the date customers are searching and the travel dates that they're inputting into the search criteria to see that there has been a big change between the, the window of when a customer searches and when they plan to travel. We're now seeing 25% of all of our hotel searches happening within a week window. So they're searching today, let's say today is Tuesday, for a trip on Friday. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I know 
you know, in the past when we've done some of this analysis, we, we've looked at what is the key driver or what is the intent of the trip. So we had looked at when people search multiple times, are they keeping the dates the same and looking for new destinations or are they keeping the destination the same and looking for multiple dates? And, and in the past, you know, pre-COVID, they were keeping the destination for the most part the same and looking for multiple dates. And it sounds like now that trend has reversed. Yeah, that's something that we plan to dig into a little bit more. But we have dug into just the overall changes between the hotel destinations pre and post-COVID. What we did is a really fun exercise is that we segmented the hotel groups into multiple different segments. And a couple I want to highlight here are the luxury hotel trends. So pre-COVID, the top destinations that customers were traveling to that fell within the luxury group were Chicago, New York, Boston, and of course, international cities. But now that we're seeing post-COVID or over the summer, we've seen 100% shift in top destinations such as Aspen, Napa, Newport. These are more relaxing outdoor cities in which travelers can really experience a new location and get away, but they're not in such a densely populated area around a lot of people. Yeah, make makes sense. And, you know, it, it sounds like you guys are just starting to dig into that, though. I know a lot of effort has gone into normalizing that data, particularly because it looks so different in March and April than it even did over the summer. Exactly. Trends are changing every week and it, it makes it really fun, but also difficult to analyze. Yeah, one of the things that that I have a lot of interest in, you know, when you look at the density of New York and Chicago and San Francisco, and it it makes sense why they've always popped to the top of the list, right? They have more hotels. They have just more. And looking at some of the new destinations, they don't have that type of volume. So it, it is a very interesting problem to show how much change is happening and how much variability in these regional areas. What are you seeing in some of the other type of trends around Midwest travel um, or, you know, specifically from from my perspective, I've been interested in Vegas and Orlando because they literally have been locked in first and second place since I've been with this organization. (laughs) Good question. So surprisingly enough, Las Vegas remained the number one top booked destination for hotels for all the segments that we looked at. I was really surprised to see that, Um, but I guess if you love Vegas, you love Vegas and you'll continue going no matter what. Uh, For Orlando, we, that actually fell out of the top. So I haven't seen a lot of bookings in Orlando, but that could change now that we're entering the winter months. Yeah, for sure. People are trying to avoid the cold. You know, what will be really interesting um, is to start as as a follow-up understanding how far everyone is traveling, as you mentioned, to each of these destinations. And if Vegas is different in that people are flying to Vegas, or if they're still driving, and just because of the the natural positioning of Vegas close to highly populated areas in California, it just ends up popping up because it's still drivable. Mm-hmm. That brings up a good point too. So when looking at the Midwest hotel trends, Myself being from Minnesota, as you can probably tell in my Minnesotan accent, um, this segment was super real to me because 
all of the previous pre-COVID destinations followed the same trends of being Chicago, New York, Portland, Seattle, all the more heavily populated cities. Um, now we're seeing post-COVID, it's more smaller, local, very drivable cities. So Duluth, Rapid City, Wichita, Sioux Falls, they're all within a two to 10 hour drivable range if you're in the Midwest. 10 hours is not a drivable range if you're from the East Coast, just for clarity. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the Midwest, there's not a lot out here. <laughs> Fair enough. No, that that is really interesting. And I wonder, you know, what that will do longer term, especially in Minnesota as things get colder, though I am aware that ice fishing is a big draw. So maybe those those lake cities will continue to drive volume. And it's a great socially distancing activity. You're stuck in a hut out on the ice. <laughs> That's true. Fair, fair point. We should market that. Now, we've gone through a lot. We've talked about the changes of destinations to regional, the drivable locations. But, you know, conceptually, it does feel like travel is coming back, right? Travelers are wanting to get out. They're wanting to do something and they're wanting to do it in a safe way. So, you know, I know you mentioned earlier that the the nature of how they're traveling is a bit different and, and that they're going la more last minute. Can you walk us through that a little bit more detail? I think a really good example of customers booking in the near term because there is so much going on in the economy and in the environments of travel restrictions, customers are looking to book within a shorter window. Um, from a personal perspective, I took a trip up north and rather than booking out a couple of months because we had a busy schedule with a lot going on, we don't have so much going on these days and we booked a trip four days out because we felt safe and secure that we wouldn't have to cancel because maybe the COVID sp spiked within our uh, county and we couldn't leave. Yeah, and I wonder too, you know, Emily, with, with the lack of flights, right? It just enables more spontaneity. You know, you can go last minute if you want to. Um, I know we, uh, my family, we're going up to Vermont this weekend because why not? We have, there's nothing else going on because to your point, we don't have much going on. And because we haven't booked a flight, there's no issue to book last minute. Yeah, as, as a follow up to this, I think you're, some of the insights that I'm really interested in uh, is definitely around the, the travel from destination, how far people are traveling. Does that shift? Um, you know, are they looking to go for a specific time frame or a specific destination? And you know, as we continue to look down that path too, clustering individuals, right? So I, I know personally now we used to leave my dog at home all the time, and with COVID, we just don't want people in our house watching her. Uh, she's spoiled. She doesn't go to like a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so so we have to find places that she can come with us. And there's enough dog friendly hotels out there that it's it's a non-issue. But it, it's certainly a driver of behavior where in the past uh, it it was not. And and I think that actually brings up a really interesting caveat to all of this that I know our data science team is is looking at and actually developing models right now. We have one in production around developing the the migration or translation of pre-COVID to post-COVID because pre-COVID behavior is just not as meaningful to to what we want to personalize today. So what I how I used to travel is just not that predictive of how I'm going to travel, you know, intra-COVID. Mm -hmm, exactly. 
it'll take a while for the air bookings to resume where they were pre-COVID, but people there's pent up demand and customers want to travel. People want to travel and they'll find ways to travel and they are based on our data. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to the follow-up and for the audience out there, if there's questions, feedback, thoughts, ideas, what else we can look at, we, we certainly will take those and we'll follow up on our next Data Over Drinks. Thanks so much, Emily, and look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. It's been fun.